570. In L.A. sports icon. Fred Rogan is here tonight. Decades on your television covering Los Angeles sports. Fred Rogan, huge in Los Angeles. The Dean. I'm the Dean. Fred Rogan. Weekdays before Petros and Money. A USC All-American. USC's Rodney Peterson. An NFL quarterback. Absolutely perfectly delivered by Rodney Rodney Peterson. Available on the iHeartRadio app or on am570lasports.com. This is Rogan and Rodney. And we continue on Fred Rogan and Rodney Pete on AM570 LA Sports. Just two hours for us today because we have Thursday night football later. Uh, Giants and the Washington football team. So we're done at two. Petros and Money will jump on and take you up to the game. Hope their remote went well yesterday. I, I heard the beginning of the show from Morongo yesterday, but I did not hear anything else. Did it? Good. All right. Hope everybody drove out there and had a chance to visit with them. Uh, They'll be on starting at 2 today. But because our show is short, we cannot leave you without your daily dose of spirituality. Oh, yeah. And there's only one man that can provide that. We all know him. Yesterday, we learned many things, including at one point in his life, he was a farmer. So now, with the daily haiku at 2, we will allow Vic the Brick to come on and harvest his crop. So Vic, Farmer Vic, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Fred. I'm the Dean. Fred, a little Moss Marvin. Can you hit that note again, the great Marvin Gaye? Ah! you like it? I did. No. I don't know what no. that was. Just attempting no. it. Just to attempt it. Don't do that, Vic. Don't give him credit for that. That was horrible. I wanna, uh, listen, just viva Marvin. Somebody said I manslaughtered Marvin. A tweet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Joseph Wright. Oh, Joe yeah. in L.A. <laughs> Thanks, Joe. Good afternoon, Rodney Pete. VTB. Thank you. No, no, no. Rodney, are the calls that. coming in from Heritage Hall? No, 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 no. It's a, slow, know, it's a slow transition, Vic. Do you have a call, Vic, or are you asking Rodney if he does? I'm asking if Rodney has a call. I know it's going to be a three-month process, it yeah. sounds like. It's, it's a slow process. Vic, if you had to say right now, who would it be? Who would it be? That's a great question. We'll, we'll do it every day. You can change. Well, Dante, right now, okay. I think he'll be the interim coach. Obviously, he's never been a head coach, but he's an amazing recruiter. Uh, the players love him. You know, local roots. You know, Pasadena City College. And, you know, he's from L.A. you got to put him in the mix. But... The, the list of candidates will fluctuate uh, on a daily basis. Yes. There's no doubt. Because, you know, Mike yes. Bowen's got a very important decision. Maybe, maybe Rodney, the most critical decision in USC football history, knowing, you know, they have lost relevancy around America. Uh, let's face it, it's the mystique there. is gone. I mean, oh, you yeah. know, let's call a mystique a mystique. The mystique is, is gone at USC. Certainly, certainly the biggest one of Mike Bowen's career. Absolutely. Got to get it right. Got to get it right. It's... Uh, a process that's really 
will take uh, you know the whole brain trust of Troy uh, to uh, knock around and eventually make the right call. Because what's good for SC is good for football in Los Angeles. Let's face it; it's the it's still it carries the banner of college football no matter what UCLA does. You know, Bruins ranked 13th. That's great. There's a resurgence, but you know USC obviously you know, has to get back to relevancy in America. Yes. He's executive producer. The Rogan and Rodney Show. Multi-skilled. Multi-talented. Oh, Kevin figures now. Come on now. Thank you. Oh. oh, why? Why? My mistake. You're telling me. On the ones and the twos. On this crunchy groove Thursday. None other. Put your hands together. Show the love. It's Ronnie Fascio. It's VTB now. Come on now. Thank you. Look at me. I'm still cavelling over Fernando Mania night last night. You heard Bill Plasky invoke the excitement. It was. What a sensational night at the stadium. What perfect south of the border symmetry to go from the great Fernando into Julio Urias. Uh, that to me is electric. It was, it's almost an electric night at the stadium. And let's face it, Julio didn't have his best stuff, but he had enough stuff. You know what I'm saying? To win his 18th. 18 wins for Julio Urias. Yes. Speak on it, Vic. And I want to give love to Fernando. He dubbed me many years ago, and I'm so proud of it. He called me and dubbed me El Ladrillo, the brick. El Ladrillo. El Ladrillo. Thank you, Fernando. Fernando Mania, 1981. We'll never forget it. I was not here. I only heard about it. I was in New Mexico, actually, oh. working at a CBS affiliate. New Mexico. Why did he call you in New Mexico and well, give you that nickname? He did not until I arrived in L.A. Oh. And he dubbed me El Ladrillo, and I proudly carry that moniker with me. But it was dubbed by Fernando himself. So much love for Fernando. And you know, how about the journey of Julio Urias? It feels like he's been here 20 years. He's like 26 years old. Amazing, just amazing control and poise now. Oh yeah. Uh, we were, we you know, we grew up with Julio Urias. Uh, you know, the, his journey is unbelievable. He had the cancer in his eye, horrific, horrific uh, health issue that he dealt with. He's overcome it. Uh, Dodgers always babied him. Remember, his innings were always monitored. And now he's one of the best pitchers in baseball. If you can close out the NLCS and the World Series, you're one of the best pitchers in baseball. I mean, that takes huevos, that takes guts, and that takes incredible, in-the-moment bravery to close out what he did last season, no, never. Dodger fans will never forget that. And his 18 wins this year. I mean, it's just a what a revelation Julio Urias is. I just want to yeah. go on record and give love to, to Julio, yes, man. Yes. And what we're, we're rolling, man. We're a game and a half back. <laughs> you all right? <laughs> oh man, I would not sleep until San Diego put away the hated ones. Yes, yes. And I was Vic. getting nervous that night then that, you know, they scored a run. It was 9-6. I'm going nuts. 
I'm trying, you know, I'm, I will not sleep until they lose last night because we have to pick up that game. It was so vital. You know, we are relentless. You know, the Dodgers are just grinding, grinding, grinding. You know my blueprint, right? Yes. Grind, grind, grind. Muncie goes deep. Grind, Vic. Kenley closes. Victory. Dodgers. Oh, I, I, I'm going nuts. Yeah, I, that's apparent. I, look at me. I'm a wreck. Yeah. 15 games left. I'm already a wreck. Yeah. I am into this pennant race. I want the hated ones, Tokas. And I want it now. What is wrong with Turkus. your voice? <laughs> what is wrong with your voice? Are you all right? This haiku. What? <laughs> <laughs> Come on now. What? Are you not in the, involved in this pendant race? You know, we've got to. Yeah, Fred, are you not involved result. in it? I'm involved. The Padres have a runner on third with two down at the top of the second. They could no, score right here. It's a half game, it's a giant game. Yes. So, so to speak. Yeah. It's either two, three hours from now. It'll be a two-game lead for the Hated Ones or a one-game lead for the Hated Ones. Correct. As we take off for the Queen City. I'm not sure the Dodgers' travel plans. If Sensei Dave Roberts has him on the plane yet, I'm not sure. But we're on our way to Cincinnati for the weekend set tomorrow. The Reds are tough this year, so every game will be vital. Remember, early start tomorrow, 3 o'clock. Morongo Casino Dodgers on deck, and again, Thank you to everyone who went to Morongo yesterday representing and won Dodger tickets, won Chargers tickets, and won UCLA football tickets with Petros and Money. What a great representation. So thank you for representing yesterday at Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Uh, Cincinnati is a great rib place, Vic. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Great rib place. Do you remember the name of it? Montgomery Inn? Is that right? think so you don't say yeah just letting you know well we're gonna have to you know really pluck some ribs out of the red legs over the weekend i don't know yeah i don't know how many ribs there are in your legs though that's the only issue we got to pluck some, some some ribs man because every game is vital it'll be beulah tomorrow walker's been sensational confident very you know again our pitching staff is unparalleled. Clayton's back in the mix. And the hated ones are nervous, okay? They're nervous. They're not playing like it. They're, it's been an incredible season, you know, that they've put together. But this fi- 15 games is a long time. Yeah. It's a lot of games. Ned Coletti says it's the season. Yes. It's a season. Not the season of the witch. It'll be the season of the Azul. But again, nine consecutive playoff berths. There's no chop liver more than Menudo. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. Nine consecutive playoff berths is an amazing accomplishment. And that's the way we're built to last. Like Tom Petty used to sing. And we'll always sing, built to last the great Petty. And now the great Banju. B-O-N-J-U. Banju. Banju. On this haiku on this Thursday, September the 16th, for ya. This dainty little fawn is dressed with taste and beauty from the day he's born. I'm feeling you! Banju. Banju. I think Banju 
Does it bond you like a sauce? Or is that K bon What's it called? Bonju, B-O-N-J-U. Isn't there ponz ponjo sauce or something? There is a pot of Japanese ponzu. sauce. I mean, oh, Japanese sauce. It's like a citrus sauce that you'd use with uh, Japanese cooking. Uh, ponzu. P-O-N-Z. Yes. Excellent sauce. It's a nice uh, substitution for soy. Right, but this uh, is banju, not ponzu. Correct, but I'm glad okay. you brought up ponzu. It's a citrus <laughs> a Japanese marinade. Okay, I just wanted to make sure we had the right individual, not a marinade. Uh, I thought the uh, today's haiku Vic was, uh, you know, Solid. just speaking to the the beauty of life. And now you're getting it, Fred. Fred look at Fred. Look at Fred. Now you're getting it, Fred. Getting past the surface, Vic. How about that? That's your influence there, Rodney. You're opening up his mind. Oh my goodness. Ah. Uh, Fred, That's so good, Fred. I've never so heard you open you. yourself up I'm to so, nature like that. I'm so you, proud you, you're of you. like a true, sh uh, you know, Shinto. <laughs> yes, I I'm am a so Shinto. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. I appreciate that very much. I want I want you to be proud of me. By the way, the Padres have scored. San oh, Diego yeah. now leads one to nothing in the top of the second inning. The bases go are loaded. Friars. Yeah, go Friars. Yeah, there's still two down. It's lit. Yeah. Stories lighting up the sports headlines. Watch by buddy Jacob and Ronnie. You have a problem, he's got the answer. Best attorney in town, our attorney, should be yours. Jacob and Ronnie. Accident or injury, call Jacob and Ronnie. Call Jacob. That's not a joke. Jacob can actually help you. Now, Padres are still in it. We know the Dodgers, the Dodgers are going to the playoffs. One Southern California baseball team is doing nothing. They're going home pretty soon. That is the Angels. Yeah. And uh, Mike Trout. Had a report last night from uh, the LA Times that uh, Joe Madden is now seriously considering shutting down Mike Trout for the remainder of the season. Has not played since May 17th with that calf injury. And quite honestly, why would you bring him back? More news on the Angel front with, as, in terms of Shohei Otani. Now, he has not pitched since September 10th. Has had some arm issues, some arm soreness since that start. And he got lit up in that start against the Houston Astros. There are, there's now word uh, from Joe Madden that if there's any lingering soreness or issues with him, he may not pitch for the remainder of the season. That is important because we know he is now, I would say, in a legit MVP race right now, Fred, with Vlad Guerrero Jr., who's had a surge this last couple of months. Sure. And has now surpassed Otani for the lead in home runs in the American League. So maybe some incentive to get Otani back on the mound if he's healthy enough. And as far as Mike Trout, why even bother? Yeah, Mike Trout should be done. It's a lost season. Uh, so just get him healthy and ready for next year. As for Otani, I'm thinking this. The MVP is important, but if there's any possibility that he could do any more damage to that arm, he's done too. I wouldn't even mess with it. Yeah, it'd be great if he was the MVP, and you can make the argument, given what he does on the mound and in the field and plate, he should be, but no, do not risk injury. Yeah, as great as it sounds uh, for Otani to, to get that MVP, and it certainly would be well-deserving, um, still might get it. But I, I just think that the risk of long-term, there's any soreness, anything going on with the arm, you don't do it. Um, as far as Trout is concerned, absolutely. That's a no-brainer. No-brainer. Talking about best cats in baseball. You don't mess around with that it, when your team is out of it and there's no chance and you're going to bring him back after a, basically a season-long calf injury and try to insert him in the last 15 games. No. Every baseball fan knew Trouty was done a month ago. Basically, no reason to bring back 
Trouty with that uh, calf from hell. I don't know what he pulled in there, but it's a horrific injury. And yeah, you shut him down. I mean, Joe Madden just stated the obvious, which all baseball fans knew, you know, basically in, in August. Otani-san, my beloved bride, Yuko Sakamoto, and I monitor his every motion. As I told you guys before the season, he was going to have a monster year. If healthy, he's not healthy, and he's exhausted. You shut him down. There's no reason with 15 games left, a couple starts. He's got nothing to prove. He is the MVP. Uh, you know, Vlad Guerrero Jr. has had an amazing year. But what Otani has done, you know, has been incredible. He is your MVP. Shut Otani down now. So next year he comes back fresh. But again, we want to give a big domo arigato. Thank you very much to Otani-san for his pitching, which has been outstanding and really mind-boggling, his effectiveness. That splitter is unhittable. His yes. change of speeds is uh, just fantastic. So you, you shut Otani down, you let him hit. He had a couple hits today. You know, they're pounding the White Sox. But you know, really, who cares what the, what the Angels do the last 15 games of the year? It's done. They're done. They're ready for next year. But, you know, Brandon Marsh in, has been a, a revelation. Love Brandon Marsh. You know, you know, the hippie playing center, you know, for the Angels with that hair. I love his hair. Love his beard. I know you love the beard there, Vic. I mean, yeah. Oh, he oh, said yeah. Brandon Marsh is incredible potential. You know, he's been in for Trouty. But, yeah, the, the, you know, Joe Madden's done a nice job managing. Uh, but it's over for, yeah, obviously, over for the Angels. But you still enjoy Otani-san at, at the plate. Otani-san, yes. Don Marigato. Hi. And an update from San Francisco. Jake Marisnik did strike out with a, a man in scoring position. So they're going to the bottom of the second. San Diego is up one nothing over the Giants. How about an update on the weed, Fred? I know this is one of your favorite topics. Oh, yeah. Remember, do the weed. remember Shikari Richardson wasn't able to qualify for the Olympics because she had marijuana in her system, and it is still a banned substance, according to the World Anti-Doping Agency. Now, they did release a statement yesterday saying they are reviewing the status of marijuana as a banned substance. Uh, now, they say it is going to remain on the banned substance list through the remainder of 2022 or through the year of 2022, but then they will reevaluate. They initially banned it because they said it was used as a performance enhancer and could potentially endanger athletes. And because there's been a lot of claims from a lot of people in the medical field who dispute that, they said they have to go back to the uh, drawing board and review whether or not it should be a banned substance. Should it be, Fred? Actually, it's legal in the state of California, no. It that should. was the greatest... Grass. And by the yeah. way, this is Cal this is the world anti-doping right. agency. But I'm just saying uh, enough. You know, really enough. A performance enhancing drug? What they said. I don't know how much it enhances your performance. Certainly well, maybe it does, but not on the track. Maybe you got Thank some nerves, you. maybe it calms you down. Yeah, I mean yeah. And Shikari Richardson really got tagged for this. They're gonna overturn it. They're gonna they're gonna say it's okay. They just are. But now they have to go through their process, Rodney. Yeah, it should be. It should be uh, a banned substance, and it's certainly not a performance enhancer. Um, but you know, she knew it was a banned substance when when it was happening at the time. So you know, they had to follow the rules. But but yeah, this is it's it's overdue. That to you know they've done it in the NBA and the NFL, and 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 now the Olympics got to got to follow suit. That this is ridiculous. That they're still outlawing cannabis that has so many other great qualities than just what a lot of people think is just getting high. 
When will we understand that marijuana is healing? When will we understand that not not that it should be on the banned list, it almost should be on the must-use list because it heals without medication. So, Vic, instead of having a fishbowl of condoms like they usually have at the Olympic Village, they should have a fishbowl of blunts? By the way, that's... Joints. That's... Yes. Okay. Yes, I would, yeah. There should be a fishbowl of joints at the Olympics. <laughs> I, I would vote for that because this is 20... You know, we're almost 2022. They're not going to have a fishbowl of joints at the Olympics. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, why not, Fred? They're not going to do that. No. Do they hold the Olympic Games in Amsterdam? Is it big enough? Tell you what. <laughs> those would be quite the games. <laughs> I've been to Amsterdam. So have I. Yeah, well. You know, it, it's like that Star Trek episode where the inhabitants of the planets abhor violence. They can't take violence. Why would they will not Star let? Trek? They will not let, you know, the... The, the interplanetary war go on, so they, they strip everyone you know, of their weapons. I don't know if you're familiar with that episode. It was a classic. No one is. But what? it's, it's, no it's so I'm distasteful. Sure many people are, Fred. Yeah, Fred. I am, It's so distasteful for me when people say marijuana, you know, should be uh, banned as a substance. It's it just, it's, it, it just is so distasteful for me. I, I, I can't believe people still are in that mindset that marijuana is not a positive influence in your life. Wake up. Wake up and Be get your tuchus. Get your head out of your tuchus. Yeah. Vic. Vic, if you smoke too much of it, it's, you're not going to wake you're up. You're probably not waking up. That's right. the exact yeah, yeah, yeah. opposite. Yeah. <laughs> Come that's on what's, now. That's what's lighting up the headlines. Kevin's been great. Okay, so uh, first game for the Chargers at SoFi Sunday against the Dallas Cowboys. Get into that next. It's a touchdown for UCLA. Chip Kelly and the undefeated number 13 UCLA Bruins are back in action this weekend. They play host of Fresno State at the Rose Bowl. Meanwhile, in Trojan Land, countdown to kickoff begins at 5 p.m. this Saturday. The home of the UCLA Bruins is AM 570 LA Sports. Thanks for joining us on your ride. Thank you very much, yes. Speaking of which, traffic. Bringing you LA's best sports talk weekdays, noon to 3. Rogan and Rodney. Yes. Yes. Rodney Pete, Fred Rogan. On a throwback Thursday. All right, just uh, two hours for us today. Chargers, Cowboys, Sunday at SoFi. Chargers, first home game at SoFi Stadium. You'd expect a big crowd with the Cowboys in town. Let's bring on our Charger insider, Isaac Lowenkron. And Isaac, thanks for jumping on. My pleasure. Always a pleasure to be on with you, and I hope that sounded sincere. Very sincere. When you speak, we know everything you say is sincere, Isaac. I have, a, I have a bad poker uh, poker voice as opposed to a poker face, don't I? <laughs> All right, so Chargers get their home opener at SoFi on Sunday against the Cowboys. And uh, I don't know if it's good news or bad news, but, uh, you know, Dallas suffered an injury, and uh, Demarcus Lawrence is going to be out multiple weeks. What does that mean? 
What do you mean to know if that's good news uh, or bad it, news? Well, it's, if it's it, it's bad news for Demarcus and good news for the Chargers. Oh, oh. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, it's it's flabbergasting the litany of injuries that the Cowboys are, are dealing with right now. It, it's almost as bad as the Ravens. I mean, Demarcus Lawrence is their best defensive player. Then their other starting defensive end, Randy Gregory, got put on the COVID list on Monday. And then offensively, uh, their starting right tackle, Lyle Collins, on Monday, he was suspended five games for a violation of the substance abuse policy. Uh, Zach Martin, their all-pro right guard, who Ezekiel Elliott himself calls their best offensive player, he missed the opener against Tampa Bay uh, because he was on the COVID list. And he'll be back, uh, but it's going to be his first game of the year against the Chargers on uh, Sunday. Their number three receiver, Michael Gallup, is going to be out with a calf injury. And even Leon Lett, uh, you know, everyone will remember Leon Lett for his of role course. in those great oh, yes. Super Bowl championship winning teams for the Cowboys in the 90s. Would you believe that these days Leon Lett is the Cowboys' defensive line coach and during practice on Wednesday, he tore his quad <laughs> during practice, had to be carted off the field, had surgery earlier today, and he oh, is no. going to be out for the Chargers game as well. That's not so good. That is a litany of I- injuries, most notably, as you said, to Demarcus Lawrence. Yeah. I don't know why you're laughing, Fred. Why are you laughing at the man tore his quad? No, it just sounds funny. Isaac is running down a list of all the players that got hurt, and then he goes, and the defensive line coach will also miss the game. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. That's a big blow. That's tough. Um, you know, you know there's, a, there's always a certain tension between the two of you that I find very <laughs> amusing and entertaining. It seems to be a little more than usual this week. Am I picking uh, up on that accurately? I don't know. You, you, you run down, you know, the list of injuries, and you get to Leon Lett, and Fred starts laughing that it's a coach. I'm like, torn quad is not fun. I don't know how you look at it. Seems to be a, a divide between the media perception of injuries and the ex-athlete perception of injuries. No, I'm not exactly. saying that. No, don't exactly, make, don't, Isaac. Don't make mistake. I'm not saying, exactly. boy, that sounds like a great time and fun. But you just run down the entire list of players and you say, and the defensive line coach is also out. I mean, that is just <laughs> like, really? That That's the jackpot of injuries, Isaac. <laughs> yeah, you know, at least it hasn't extended, you know, to the uh, equipment manager, uh, to the receptionist uh, at the star. So, but you're right when it gets to the uh, when it gets literally onto the coaching staff. Um, I think that's honestly the the biggest determining factor uh, going into this game, and the biggest storyline, unfortunately, is is the Cowboys' injuries. But you know, as you guys know, uh, in previous years, it had been the Chargers dealing with waves of injuries like yeah. this. You know, n- knock on wood so far, that has not happened this season, even though it's early. Yeah, and how how do they feel going into this week, Isaac, knowing that the Cowboys, you just mentioned Demarcus Lawrence missing, um, that they went up against what people, a lot of people believe is the best, one of the best top three, at least, front sevens in the game in the Washington football team. And uh, they, they moved the ball pretty well. Herbert looked really good. And Dallas, the weakness of that team is on defense. Um, they got to feel good about going, you know, opening up at home against this team, although Dallas can score some points. But going up against that Dallas defense, they got to be licking their chops a little bit. Especially because of the performance of their offensive line on Sunday. Because you're right, Rodney. I mean, 
Those are all first-round picks on their defensive line. Uh, Chase Young is the, the reigning NFL Defensive Rookie of the Year, and the Chargers collectively, with an offensive line that had never played together before and also did not have its starting right tackle, Brian Balaga, in the second half, they allowed just six pressures in 49 offensive snaps, six quarterback pressures. And what was the most astounding, not surprising, but still astounding nonetheless, Rashawn Slater in his first NFL game allowed zero quarterback pressures in 49 Justin Herbert dropbacks. He also played 12 pass-blocking snaps in the preseason, allowed zero pressures in those as well. It was in one game against the Rams. So the first 61 pass-blocking snaps of his NFL career, Rashawn Slater did not allow a single quarterback pressure. And if you look at that Austin Eckler touchdown that capped off the opening drive of the game on Sunday against Washington, I mean, Rashawn Slater had Chase Young broken down at that point. If you read Chase Young's body language, he had demoralizing body language facing a rookie on the first series of his NFL career. Uh, so that really jumped out at you from that performance last week going into this week. Isaac, were you surprised at all with the amount of times that Justin Herbert threw and when he threw, even in a situation where let's just run down the clock at the end, you know, make a play and get out of here. He was still firing the ball up the field. They, the confidence they have in him is incredible, but did that surprise you? That's a great observation, Fred, and it definitely surprised me, but it pleasantly surprised me because one of the biggest sort of complaints about the previous coaching staff last year was they did not do that enough with Justin Herbert, and they would run the ball instead of pass it on – in those situations, and particularly on early downs. I mean, they they ran out the last six minutes and 43 seconds off the clock, and they converted four times on third downs on that last game-clinching drive by doing exactly what you said, by basically being pass-first instead of run-first. And last year, even if Justin Herbert would have been passing that well, which he was, it would have been the opposite. They would have run a lot more on those early downs. And last year, it was something that was insanely frustrating to the fan base and insanely frustrating to even the people that covered the team. But this year, I think you're going to see a lot more of what we saw on Sunday, which to borrow a phrase from uh, Seattle Seahawks fans, instead of letting Russ cook, they're letting Justin Herbert cook. Oh, oh, Herbert cooking. <laughs> Herbert cooking. Okay. Uh, Isaac, how much do you think that the Chargers are uh, looking down the hall at that other team that occupies that building and, and saw what they did Sunday night, and do they feel that at all, that they, they have to keep pace because of the excitement that the Rams brought on opening night at home in SoFi, that the Chargers kind of got to continue that because they're, you know, to continue to try to build on their foothold in town and their fan base they got to keep pace at least with the Rams, don't they? That's a great point. I don't think there's so much looking at it in terms of direct comparison to the Rams, but let's face it. I think this is the Chargers' biggest game since 
their last playoff game uh, at the end of the 2018 season against the Patriots. So it, it, you really have to say it's their, their biggest game in three years. Uh, locally, nationally, it's your first home game at SoFi Stadium with fans. It's literally against America's team. So it's a huge national spotlight game. It's also a huge local spotlight game. And I, I'm noticing a difference in the perception of the Chargers around Los Angeles this season as opposed to last year and certainly during the, the Carson years, guys. And also I noticed something else. On the road at Washington, nearly 3,000 miles away from their home stadium, there was a noticeable significant amount of Chargers powder blue and gold in the stands at Washington last week. So now, this week, it's an enormous opportunity for their brand both nationally and locally, with it being the first home game at SoFi Stadium. And you magnify that because they're facing the Cowboys. Dak Prescott coming off an incredible 400-yard game. Ezekiel Elliott, and I want to give him some props, by the way. Uh, He's getting criticized for only rushing for 33 yards against Tampa Bay last week, but he had a phenomenal game in terms of pass blocking and blitz pickup that helped Dak throw for 400 yards yes, and incidentally and uh, i'm not trying to kiss up here but you know who's his running back running back damn coach? right damn right so Isaac. you know i i had to take the opportunity to give uh to give props for that because you know rodney i don't really compliment you at all i treat you with great disdain but i, I do got to <laughs> give props to, to skip appreciate that isaac all right isaac Anytime. well thank you for coming on thanks for the preview and uh we'll talk to you again next week Hey, my pleasure, guys, and keep it up with the tension. It's great entertainment for your (laughs) listeners like me. Thanks, Isaac. You bet. All right, Isaac, the Chargers hosted Dallas Cowboys at SoFi Stadium this Sunday at 125. Coverage begins at 1130 on Alt 98.7. Followed by Charger Talk with the man Isaac Lowenkroner right here on AM570 LA Sports. All right, so it's a short show for us. We'll be back to kiss it off after this. Logan and Rodney. Rodney Peace. An athlete. Rodney Peace. A father. Rodney Peace. An LA icon. Rodney Peace. And this guy. Red Rogan. AM570 LA Sports. Well, Dodger fans in San Francisco, the Padres are ahead of the Giants 2-0 in the third inning. Keep it going, Padres. Now's the time to get hot. <laughs> Now's the time. If you'd have told me the eighth inning, then I might get excited, Fred. But uh, the way the Padres have been up late, fingers get crossed. Excited yet. I know. Thanks to everybody who joined us yesterday at the Petros and Money Live broadcast and won Dodgers, UCLA, and Charger tickets at Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. It's for good times. Less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. All right, Ronnie, Kevin, short show. Thank you very much. Tomorrow's even shorter, Rodney. One hour. Yeah, get, shorter. Get your running shoes on. Late night down sunset, like in the scene. What's the worst they can do to a player? Got me lost in hell to live and die in L.A. On bail. My people say. Die in L.A. The place to be. To live and die in L.A.